Odyssey Sports Radio Network. News update. In NFL news, Oakland Raiders star receiver Antonio Brown's mysterious foot injury is the result of extreme frostbite caused by a cryotherapy machine. Brown was not wearing appropriate footwear when he entered the cryotherapy chamber last month in France and burned his feet, leaving them frostbitten. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter this past weekend that the injury is not believed to be long-term. Suspended New England Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon has officially filed for reinstatement, a source confirmed Wednesday. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has sole discretion on Gordon's status and the timing in which a decision is ultimately made. Any decision would be based on whether Gordon has adhered to whatever treatment plan he's in. And the NCAA has outlined new criteria for agents looking to represent future NBA players. A bachelor's degree, NBPA certification for at least three consecutive years, professional liability insurance, and competition of in-person exam taken at the NCAA office in Indianapolis in early November. I'm Chris Bavona, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz here for the full two hours today. Thanks to him for giving up some time and joining me to talk football. I know he loves doing this. We have known each other for a long time, played in a lot of leagues together, and uh, is a great football mind, so always enjoy having him on the show. It's usually as a guest. Unfortunately, he is here today as an analyst, so make sure you listen to the entire show and take advantage while he is here. You can find all of his work at ffchamps.com. You can find me, fulltimefantasy.com, as our draft kit is being filled with more content each and every single day. We still have about, I don't know, what is it, 34 days, something like that, to the start of the season. So uh, we'll already have a lot of content. Uh, rankings are updated consistently. Uh, choose the promo code RONUS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. Uh, and I don't, I don't think we've talked about A.J. Green, but we know A.J. Green had this surgery. He's fallen in drafts. I've generally said, eh, unless he falls far, I'm probably not going to take him. And then uh, what happens? And this is a, a good example of what I tell everyone. Every draft is different. You have to be prepared. I'm actually surprised that A.J. Green has really not fell much here in the Fantasy Football World Championships. In the last few drafts, 49, 44, 37, it's a little too early for me. But the, uh, on Friday, the Superflex draft, I got A.J. Green in round nine. Now, again, Superflex League, quarterback score early. But that league, we have IR spots. So it was round nine. I think he was like the 35th, 36th receiver off the board. I said, all right, it's round nine. He's not a core of my team. So I'll put him on IR. We all need someone to drop early in the year to make a waiver wire pickup. Instead, I just put him on IR. You know, the draft's about a month before the season. Someone's going to emerge off the waiver wire between now and then. I'll pick him up, put green on IR. I didn't invest a lot, round nine. Now, here in the Fantasy Football World Championships, round five, Round four, five, where we have the extra flex spot, it's too early for me. Where do you stand on H.A. Green? I actually don't mind him in round five. Round four would be too early for me, but I don't mind him in round five because usually that's, you know, more than likely he's my wide receiver three. Uh, by then, I've usually grabbed two two running backs, two wide receivers. So round five, you know, can go either way in my mind. But I don't mind him in that round because, look, even if he misses one or two games, I still think he's going to be that guy on the field that, you know, is really counted on by uh, 
by them to score touchdowns, get in the end zone, all of that that you need for fantasy. And, you know, he's still a good player. Is, is Does he have that tendency to get injured now? He's showing it the last couple of years. I get that. But, you know, I just – I don't mind it in round five as my wide receiver three. I'll take that shot. Is it me or do I find you're, you're pretty optimistic when it comes to injuries? You know, I, I just think that they get really played up way too much. Um, you know, medical – science has gotten so much better uh even over the last five years they've gotten so much better they're so much better at being able to re- to repair these things and get these guys back on the field and we see it all the time you know we got guys coming back from an Achille- achilles tear in-, in less than a year that not you know, the five years ago what not, not the the <laughs> running back <laughs> well though, so. well emmanuel sanders is um so yeah, I can't speak to Dante Foreman, but he, hey, he's gotten he's getting another chance. So he he could still surprise. He's on a good good team now with a good offensive line. He could still surprise, but uh, you know, so they've gotten so much better at it. I think just people are making way too much of it, and that really does come up to me with Gurley because look, I, I get the fact. I think they're going to you know take his touches down a notch, no doubt. But even with those limited touches, you're talking about a guy who scores. Add infinitum. Uh, he, he's involved in both the running and the passing game. Everything you look for. And people are saying, oh, you know, I, I'm not going to touch him. I'll forget him. I'm going with Daryl Henderson. And I'm going to take him a few rounds later, and he's going to be the guy. Well, right now, we're getting word out of camp that, no, he's not the guy. It's not even close. Malcolm Brown is the clear cut number two right now uh, to to him. So, you know, everybody out there investing heavily in Daryl Henderson you know, may not get the results they're looking for there. I'm not saying that can't change. It's still early in camp. I get that. Uh, but a lot of times this happens to rookies. They get so hyped up, and they get into the NFL, and it's a little different ball game, And they have to worry about that a little bit. So that's a concern. So for me, you know, I, I like Gurley. I think he's going to be fine with even limited touches. I've said this before. He had five games out of the last eight last year that he played where he was under 20 touches. The only five games of the season, he was under 20 touches. But over that eight-game span, he was still running back number two in the league, and he was still averaging over 26 fantasy points a game. You know what? I will take that in the second round any freaking day. All right. We're going to have to take the boxing gloves off now because we completely disagree on this. You can always take numbers and spin them any way you want. I look at what teams are signaling. I, I don't see how you cannot be concerned with Gurley, okay? He has arthritis in his left knee. We know that. He's had a torn ACL. He ran track, too. So there's a lot of wear and tear on that knee. Let's start with week 14. 11 carries, 28 yards, 3 catches, 30 yards. Okay? So if you're going to say, well, he'll have reduced carries. All right, he had 15 touches there. Did nothing. Next week, 12 carries, 48 yards. They got him involved in the passing game, 10 for 76. You'll take that. But, again, no touchdowns. That's when they said he had left knee inflammation. He missed weeks 16 and 17. So he basically didn't play for four weeks. Okay, then he had a good game against the Cowboys, 16 wait, carries. Wait, wait, wait. Four, you're counting he didn't play for – you're saying, okay, he didn't get the touchdown the week he had 10 for 77. But that 10 for 77 was 17 points alone. Right, okay, that's fine. That's one good game. And then he didn't play for a month. But and that he was good... after he took a huge hit on the knee. Okay. Let the game finish. before that, he took that huge hit on the knee, and the knee swelled up. They tried to get him to come back that next week, and he ended up having a decent week, but he still wasn't fully healthy. 
Okay, and then he sat for almost a month, had a good game against Dallas in the NFC Divisional Round game where C.J. Anderson looked like one of the best running backs in football, and reportedly the Rams knew everything that the Cowboys' defense was doing. Um, so, so, okay, fine. Then he played. Then the NFC Championship game, and a ga game that was close, that they barely won. He had five touches and played 32 of 69 snaps. Okay, that's in the NFC Championship game. Then he had two weeks of rest before the Super Bowl. And he had 10 carries for 35 yards and one reception. To me, that's a major red flag. You know how many guys go out there in a big game in the Super Bowl? He may never play in a Super Bowl again. And he was unable to do anything. And if he was even one-third of what Todd Gurley could be, he could have potentially led them to a Super Bowl championship. So in the playoffs, C.J. Anderson, 51 touches, Todd Gurley, 37 in those three playoff games. And you're telling me about the red zone looks? C.J. Anderson had 15 red zone attempts. Gurley had two. So we're going to get into this a lot more when we continue. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz. We needed a longer segment, but we'll pick it up. So we're debating on Todd Gurley here. And I feel like this is representative of a lot of people. There is a camp here that is pro-Gurley, like Taz, that think he's a really good value in the first round, early second. And then there's people like me who just are going to pass on him. Unless he falls real far, and he's not. He's, he's going to go in the second round. So, uh, and we were talking about this during the break. You know, the one thing that we do, and every analyst should do it. I don't know if everyone does, but if those who have followed me over the years know, if I say something, I do it in a draft. And people that listen to this show have played in leagues with me, they know it. If I write something and say this is the guy I want, I'll get him in drafts. If I say this guy's going to be a bust, and I have been vocal, and I have Gurley ranked lower than uh, probably anyone on our site. Uh, I'm not touching him, and I had an opportunity to take Gurley in a draft last week. Uh, I had the seventh pick of a 12-team league, and I took Devontae Adams in the first. I came back. I had Gurley was on the board. I passed. Uh, so we were kind of going back and forth, and I left off talking about the playoffs last year. To me, that was just a major red flag the way that they used him. And you could say, well, he was in bad shape, and he tried to fight through it, but he's had this entire offseason to rest. He's not going to participate in the preseason so the reports are, yeah, he's fine. He's participating in a joint practice today. But, you know, your argument was, well, even if he gets less touches, that he can still be good. Like, how do we know that? How do we know the knee can hold up? I mean, I don't know. To me, there's been nothing encouraging at all. And here were comments from Gurley in July. Players don't speak like this. This was his comment when they asked him about his knee. It's good, man. It's good. I'm just like, hey, we're going to find out in training camp, you know? Come on, man. That tells me a guy that ha is so unsure of how that knee is going to respond. And just because you're taking the stats that we've seen the last two years when he's been the best running back in fantasy and saying, oh, if we even cut that in half or if we cut it just a little bit, uh, he's going to be fine. 
Like, we don't know that. And the people who are talking about the red zone, well, he'll get the ball in high leverage situation near the red zone. They didn't do that in the playoffs last year. The most important games, NFC Championship and Super Bowl, and we didn't see that. So you just think just because he had a whole offseason of rest, everything's going to be fine? I just have major, major concerns about Todd Gurley right now. And obviously you do, and you're right. There's no in-between. You're either going to put your money on him or you're not. There's no in-between, and I get that. But I keep coming back to this. He's a known winner. He's a guy that's put up major numbers in the past. And if you look at where he's going now, he's going, you know, again, full-time fantasy, the FFWC, uh, high stakes ADP. He's still going right now after Melvin Gordon. Um, Are you kidding me? Really? Seriously? Um, I'd rather take the chance on the guy that is expected to be there week one and not the guy that may not be there till week 10. Sorry, it just doesn't work. But if you look at the other names around him, you know, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Kerryon Johnson, all good backs, but they all have questions. And if any one of them takes a direct hit on the knee, could very well miss the rest of the season. We can say it about any NFL player that steps on the field. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. No, we, we know for a fact that Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee. It's a fact. There's nothing wrong with Nick Chubb right now. There's nothing wrong with Kerryon Johnson right now. You want to say Aaron Jones because he has the hammy in the MCL? I'll grant you that. Leonard Fournette is healthy right now, but we've seen in the past. I'll grant you that. But we know going in for a fact there's an issue with Gurley, and we've already seen it affect him on the football field in the most important games. When players will do anything to win a Super Bowl, and Todd Gurley was barely involved in the offense in the same thing in the NFC Championship. And I was just stunned. And I remember we were talking about it for DFS. Well, he's not on the injury report. Either the, either the Rams are very savvy and they have this great management program and they have the best doctors around or they're scared as hell and they're not revealing it because they went out and traded up for a running back in round three. And the way the NFL is now, when you take a running back in round three, you have plans for him. They... Signed, re-signed Malcolm Brown. So, I, again, I just think there are – I look at what the signals team sends. And you talked about this with Damian Williams, about what the Chiefs are telling us with Damian Williams. So, that's true. And that's why I, I kind of go back and forth on the fence with Damian Williams because they are saying, hey, here's our guy. Everything the Rams have done expressed to me their concern. They have paid Gurley so much money. They have to try and give this a shot and work. But – what you want to do in the first two rounds of drafts, and really the first four, you want to minimize your risk because. Well, then you, don't take any running backs in round two. Well, because no. every single one of them has an injury history. Every single one of them has an injury history. Every single one. Dalvin Cook does. Uh, maybe, okay, Nick Chubb doesn't, at least not in the NFL yet, but he has a different issue. He has Hunt coming back in the second half of the season. We have no idea what that's going to do to his numbers. Maybe they take half his numbers away just to keep him fresh for the playoffs. You know, every single one of these running backs in that range has an issue. You know, can Damian Williams stand up? Look, I like him, but we still don't know. Um, Leonard Fournette, okay, we don't really need to go there. Aaron Jones is already nicked up. Kerryon Johnson was nicked up last year. Marlon Mack was nicked up last year. Derrick Henry is nicked up now. Uh, Devontae Freeman missed most of the season last year because of injury. Every single one of them has an issue. I want the guy that in the past has scored 16, 17 freaking touchdowns. That's the past, though. You have to, it we're, is. We're, we're forecasting what else forward. have we got to go? We don't know the future yet. 
we know that Gurley has arthritis in his knee. You but do tell- you realize that there's different levels of arthritis? There's different levels. And granted, I don't love him in Dynasty. He definitely moves way down my list in a Dynasty because of that. I grant you that. But in this year, to me, he has the same level of injury concerns as all the guys around him because they've all been there in recent years as well as having missed time. So the, he has the same exact worry that as them, but his ceiling is so much higher than each and every one of them that I don't have that problem. Is Dalvin Cook hurt right now? No, he's not hurt right now, but when was the last time he played a full season? He's had two years in the NFL, and he hasn't. Exactly. But we, but Gurley, when was the last time Fournette played a full season? He hasn't. When was the last time Aaron Jones played a full season? He hasn't. When was the last time Kerryon Johnson played a full season? He's been in the air one year, one year in the league. And he hasn't. How about Marlon Mack? You could say the same thing. He I, hasn't. I, I could say the same about wide receivers, too, right? I mean, I, I, it's I NFL. See that, but that's what I'm trying to tell but, you is but you I'm trying make this. <laughs> but ahead. I'm trying you to go. tell you that we know for a fact Gurley has an issue going in. You can, you're right about the running backs with the past injuries. But right now, at this moment, Dalvin Cook has no issues. Todd Gurley does. And maybe, you're right, maybe they have figured out a way and they have a management system here for this to work. But all I know is the last several games we saw Gurley, he was not the same. He was barely effective. He wasn't scoring touchdowns. He wasn't being used in the red zone. So now all of a sudden, just because he's at all this rest, he's going to be fine. And now all of a sudden, he's not going to play in the preseason. I don't know how much they're using him in practice. And now all of a sudden, okay, week one, boom, he's fine. We're going to throw him out there, 17 carries, and Maybe it works week one, week two. Three what happens week four, week five? 170 yards rushing. Yeah, I'm good with that. You really think that's going to happen? <laughs> I think he's going to have a great year. I do. I'm not as worried about it as everybody else. Hey, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll bite the bullet. So what? But the fact is, when you're playing in fantasy leagues, especially in some of the leagues we play in where we're playing against very knowledgeable individuals, sometimes you have to take the risk. And I'm willing to take the risk on him because he's been a league winner before. You can't say that about the guys around him. None of them have been league winners yet. Yeah, but it can happen. I mean, was Tyreek Hill a league winner? It can happen to every one of them. I agree. It can absolutely happen to any one of them. Damian Williams could be a top five running back if he gets 16 games. I, I grant you that. The possibility exists. But I want the guy that that has already done it. If I have that option between any of these backs, I'm going to take the guy that's already done it. And he's the only one out of any of them that's already done it. Yeah. I mean, he was a guy that if he didn't have this issue, he'd be going maybe one off the board or definitely top three. And he's going 21 right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship. So it's just, it's not enough. I like that. I'll take that. I'll take that every day. I know you will. I've seen you do it. And (laughs) I've been the the opposite. I have not touched him. So... We'll find out who's right, and you know that you have to take a stance. That's the bottom line. Is you know you're you're going to have to make a decision on this. Some of you are going to be on the side of Taz. Others are going to be on the side of me. I uh, just I'm concerned, and you know if he goes out there and has a big year, I'll say hey, I was wrong. Does it cost me a championship? I'll say, I'll say no, but you know depending on who I get in that round and later on. Lots more football talk ahead here on Full Time Fantasy. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, it is draft season. Head on over to playffwc.com. Hop into draft tonight. We have a starter best ball draft at 8 p.m. Eastern. That is $35 to enter, 24 rounds, 90-second clock. All you do is draft your team. That's it. You don't have to set a lineup, no waiver wire, nothing. Takes your optimal scores each week. And then we have an online championship at 10 p.m. Eastern, big prizes here. The grand prize is $50,000. You can win league prizes anywhere from $1,800 to $2,494. So that is definitely a fun contest. So head on over there. Check it out. PlayFFWC.com. NFL preseason is here, and season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing. Head over to RotoExperts.com and check out the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts have you covered with Dynasty, season-long, and best ball formats giving you an edge regardless of what type of season-long fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Uh, speaking of some injuries, uh, are you concerned at all about Andrew Luck right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's dealing with this calf issue. Uh, he hasn't been practicing. It's something he's actually had for quite a bit of this offseason now. And, you know, I don't, you might be one of those players who doesn't take a quarterback early. I usually don't. So, like, for me, it's like, oh, well, I'm probably not getting Andrew Luck anyway. Now, maybe if he falls to round eight, even in a, FFWC league where quarterbacks go even later because the extra flex spot I'd consider it his ADP is 84 right now so it has dropped uh there was a couple of instances where he went 62 64 uh but how worried are you about Andrew Luck right now hey you have to be a little worried you're right because it like you said it's been lingering for a while and again this is the same team that really didn't give us the information about his shoulder uh, until he started missing a ton of time they kept saying, oh, no, it's just a little strain. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. All of a sudden, he's out on the season. And, you know, they didn't tell us that until they absolutely had to. So it's not like they give us the information we need, you know, right away. So at this point, you have to be concerned. Anytime he misses some time like this, it's concerning just because of the way they handled it the last time. Yeah, for sure. And I think people are going to want to see him on the field and, you know, it's always risky here with the preseason stuff because I remember last year. So I wrote an article saying George Kittle was the tight end to target in the middle rounds. I'm not just saying that because it was correct. I got stuff wrong, too. But I was in a draft, and I was like, do I take George Kittle? Because if you remember last preseason, he was dealing, I think, with a shoulder injury at the time. And I was like, man, he's had injury histories. He's dealing with a shoulder now. You know what? I'm going to pass on him. And went David Njoku. Uh, it didn't turn out well. So, like, that's the thing with this preseason. Like, sometimes this stuff infiltrates your head, and it causes you to pass on a player. 
And, and we see sometimes, okay, yeah, I'm glad I avoided him because it turned out to be worse. And other times it's just the team being overprotective. I mean, because as we said, why risk anything in the preseason? So you kind of have to figure that out with Andrew Luck right now. And absolutely you're going to have to figure that out with basically all the injuries because if they're veterans and been around the team for a while, most of these guys aren't going to get a lot of preseason playing time anyway. Uh, we saw that last year, you know, just even in week three, which has always been, the, you know, let's play the starters at least through the first half season week three last year. We didn't see the starters more than, a, a you know, a series or two. And I think that's going to be the continual basis here. And guys that are dealing with injuries now, we may not even see even one play in the preseason. And that's just going to make it so much tougher because you are going to go into week one and they may be saying all the right things. Oh, he's good to go. He's going to play. Uh, but you don't, you just don't know without seeing him on the field. Is he going to be ready? Is he going to be up to snuff in week one, or should I fade him? And, you know, I'm with you in the fact that I don't draft quarterbacks early. But I do have a couple of instances where I have him, uh, where I got him last year in like a couple of keeper leagues or a couple of dynasty leagues, things like that. Because right now he's going a little too early for me in quarterbacks, especially with the plethora of quarterbacks we have to choose from this year. Uh, it seems like quarterback is deeper this year than in any season I can remember in my history. Um, just too many options that could all finish decently. So it really is hard to take that early quarterback. So I haven't really taken him much this year. But there are been there have been a lot of people that have been jumping all over him, and they could get hurt by this. Yeah, for sure. I guess, though, you could look at it, you know, saying, okay, uh, I'll take luck here. He's fallen. And then you could just get a quarterback later that – you, especially you like the matchups early on in the season in case luck is out. I mean, you can do that because the position is deep. So I see that yep. side of that strategy too. Yeah, and that's the great thing about quarterbacks this year is there is so many different strategies you can take. Look, you want one of those young guns that run a lot like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Hey, great, take them at their current ADP, which is you know usually inside the top 10 or maybe just outside of it. Take the chance on them. But then you can come back and get a guy, guy like Phillip Rivers or even Tom Brady, you know, a few rounds after that as your backup. And if the running quarterbacks don't hit it, you know, Kyler Murray is absolutely involved in that discussion, or young quarterback. Uh, being t drafted highly. If they don't hit, then you have the good old vet behind them that you can plug in and play, and you know, you're going to get good production out of them. So that because there are so many good quarterbacks in the league this year, the fact of the matter is you can take a chance on anybody as your first quarterback and still come and get a really good quarterback as your backup. Now, we were talking about some of those running backs going in the girly range, and one of them you brought up was Leonard Fournette. And – been reading a lot of positive things about Fournette, that there was a, a, a practice with the Ravens on Monday, and Fournette was just scoring left and right. There was eight defenders in the box. He scored. He was catching screen passes. I think we know the talent of Fournette, but obviously he's falling to the third round because of the injury concerns over the last two years. The line, offensive line had a lot of issues last year. Do you look at Fournette as a value in round three because – he does have that ceiling, or do you say, it's just too many injuries, I've been burned before? Where do you stand on Fournette? As far away as possible. <laughs> Look, you, you said it all in, in the way you set it up. We know he's a talented running back. We know that. When he's on the field and healthy, the man can run. He absolutely can get it done. He can put up fantasy points. There's no doubt about that. But those soft tissue injuries have just been lingering for far too long, too many seasons now, and it keeps coming back up to bite you. And 
I just at this point between that and the idiocy that he showed at the end of last year, you know, coming off the bench to throw a punch at a guy who's got a full football helmet on. You know, that's intelligence right there, folks. You you can't learn that kind of stuff in, in school, folks. Remember that. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, it just, it just totally puts me off of him. I, I just don't trust him. He ended up pretty much taking the playoffs totally away from that team. They had the chance to backdoor the playoffs last year if they would have won that game and the next game. And, you know, he gets his thrown out of that game they lose he gets suspended by the team for the next game and they lose and then the playoffs are gone just because he decided he was going to go out there and get involved in a melee that's just stupid Uh, another quarterback coming off an injury that uh, is not going to play in the first preseason game not surprisingly is cam newton and i was watching uh, a segment on nfl network last night where david carr was talking about how they're trying to change his motion and he said it's all good in practice and he hasn't really thrown much but once you get into game action your natural instincts are going to take over are you is there any level of concern with cam newton because i really like this offense look cam newton whenever he's been on the field and healthy he's always been a top five quarterback a lot of that is due to the run and they have said they're going to have less design runs for him but again you know the instincts take over and cam is probably just going to take off and run but we like D.J. Moore. We like Curtis Samuel. We like Christian McCaffrey. Cam, Norton, Cam Newton's got to be a part of it. Uh, is well, he there... doesn't have to be. Well, I mean, he's look, he can throw a lot of short passes and let D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel do their thing after the catch, which is why I like both. It's like I don't, I don't think Cam has to throw bombs down the field. Just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers with McCaffrey and those receivers. But uh, where are you on Cam? Because I have seen him. In some drafts, be a nice value. I have seen other drafts where he does go 6-7. Uh, are you worried about this shoulder? Because, again, we really have, from what I've seen and some of the clips, he hasn't really been throwing full force. It's been, like, light and easy. I am a little worried about Cam. Anytime they say they want to change the throwing motion of a quarterback, you got to be a little concerned. This guy's been doing it one way for all his life. Uh, you know, that's how he learned to throw. That's how he's done it. He's been very successful at it. Well, now they, they have to change it because doing it that way puts too much torque on his shoulder after the injury. So I'm with you. I think, you know, you get in the heat of battle, you get into a game, and all that stuff about changing your throwing motion goes right out the window. He's going to go right back to doing what he knows and, you know, how to throw the ball. And at that point, you have to be worried about him re-injuring that shoulder. Um, you know, fortunately, I should say, it, it's, again, what we were just talking about is if you want to take the chance on Cam, you could still come back and great get a great number two that still has chance to finish it at, with the upside of a, a quarterback one. You know, guys like Rivers, who's always been a quarterback one. You know, Brady fell just outside of quarterback one last year. You know what? That's still a great backup, especially when he's coming off the board as the 23rd or 24th quarterback taken. You know, that's, to me, that's gold. I don't care. He's still Tom Brady. Un- until that arm falls off, I'm going to believe in Tom Brady. It's just the way it is, folks. He's proven that. So, you know, it gives you that option to still go after Cam Newton, but absolutely I am a little concerned. Yeah, I will say this. Usually in a draft of 16 rounds, I really don't want to take a second quarterback, especially leading up to draft day. I want to have as many lottery tickets for running backs in our 
fantasy football world championship online championship where we have 20 rounds i will take a second quarterback again because we got a couple of extra roster spots that worked out well last year because i took pat mahomes as my backup and he became my qb1 so that's why you want to take a shot but 16 rounds i won't take a second quarterback others disagree because i see people taking qb2s all the time uh i'll take the risk of going with one hopefully it works out Lots more ahead here. When we return, we're going to talk about the Bills running back situation. Pretty cloudy picture there. Is there anyone that is of value? We'll talk about it next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Out of bonus here until 4 p.m. Eastern, along with Fantasy Cat. Make sure you check out mockdraftnow.com. It is free to enter. You can draft as many times as you want, and you can win prizes. And it is free. You can finish these in five minutes. So you could be in the bathroom, taking a walk, trying to kill some time. You want to get away from your wife for five minutes? Just do this mock draft. Again, it's free. There's no point in not entering. Mock draft now. Dot com talking fantasy football here and Bill's running back situation. LaShawn McCoy said that uh, he is still the guy and uh, that the opinion of his is being reinforced by the coaching staff. But they went out, drafted Devin Singletary, brought on Frank Gore, brought in TJ Yeldon. Uh, to me, again, I like to read signals from teams. Uh, that doesn't invoke a lot of confidence in LaShawn McCoy to me. Uh, how do you feel about the Bills' backfield? Oh, man, I I, I really don't have any feelings whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. This is definitely – they they knew something here. I could see, you know, going and get the young guys behind an aging vet like McCoy. I get that. To bring in, bring in Frank Gore, though, um, you know, that's a pure NFL move. It does – doesn't have any fantasy value whatsoever, but he's a great backup to have. We saw last year, the man can still run, even at 35. He's still got the wheels. He can still put it out there. He's in great shape, but he's not going to be a fantasy entity. The fact that with McCoy now is they got to give him every shot to be that number one now because if not, they absolutely look like fools for not trading him at, at last year's deadline when they could have gotten something for him if they don't use him now, because they really didn't use him after the trade deadline. So if they don't use him now, I mean, again, it just look like total fools, which, hey, if they're going to do that, they're going to do that. But word out of camp right now is that Yeldon looks like he could very well be a roster cut uh, because of the fact that they have the, the other guys in there. So for me, it comes down to who is the guy that represents the most value. And even though McCoy is going at pick 114 in the high stakes FFWC drafts, uh, Devin Singletary is going at 130. So he's going almost two rounds later. Um, and I'll take that shot on the kid. I think the kid is, is having a great camp. They're talking about him. He's getting plenty of work with the ones, which is to be expected. You want the rookie on the field getting plenty of playing time, especially when you have a vet that doesn't really need that much playing time in preseason. So I, I think he's getting highly involved. But they, they're saying he's very explosive. He's doing all the right things. 
Um, you know, so I would rather, much rather take the chance on the young gun, you know, moving up this draft board than the old timer who last year really just didn't look like he had much left. Yeah, I agree, too. I mean, I haven't taken Singletary yet. I am willing to in the right spot, but definitely not taking McCoy. That's how I felt last year. It worked out. It was a disaster season for him. Uh, so I am not touching McCoy. Obviously, Gore is an amazing what he has done. It's, I cannot believe at the running back position. And remember, he had the devastating ACL tear in college, man. For him yeah. to... I mean, it's amazing what he has done. I give him so much credit that he's still out there performing like he is. Again, like you said, he's not a fantasy asset, but I think it's a great story for what Frank Gore has done. Um, I'm right there with you. You know, same thing we could say about Peterson last year, the resurgence he had when he got the opportunity. put up 1,000 yards behind a, a porous offensive line with no other weapons on the field to me was amazing. And, and Gore, while he didn't put up those kind of numbers, every week he was involved in that offense. He was taking, you know, plenty of plays away from uh, Kenyon Drake and really hurting Kenyon Drake's fantasy value in a lot of weeks. So he shows he can get it done. And for an NFL team, he's an absolute good backup. You don't have to pay a lot for him at this point in his career. Uh, and, you know, he does what he needs to do. You know he's going to be there. He's, you know he's going to do the play the way you set it up. He's not going to change things. So he gives you a lot of really strong things to have on the team, but he's just not a fantasy value at all. I was so wrong in Adrian Peterson last year. I was telling people to draft. Oh, we all were. Not even in the 10th round. I don't want him. And then, oh, man. Uh, And, look, he had some down weeks. But, you know, if you used him on some of the weeks where he had the big weeks, man, it really helped. And uh, I was just stunned to see it. You know, it was just not a great situation there. The offensive line had issues. And uh, Peterson really really showed something last year. What do you think about him this year? I mean, we got Darius Geist there, Chris Thompson. I liked Geis a lot last year. I was taking him in early drafts, like in the fourth round. I'm just concerned this year about the, the whole offense. You know, Peterson's still there in the picture. Like, I can't see Peterson being happy with five touches. Geis is extremely talented, but he's had these issues. I mean, I remember seeing him go, like, in the 40s and 50s in drafts a couple months ago. Obviously, now he's fallen to 73. Uh, is that enough of a value to take Geis based on his talent or – concerns with the injuries in the offense i am i'm not so worried about the offense because i mean let's face it peterson showed he can get it done uh last year with this offense and the offense to me looked like it was worse last year than it will be this year i think they have some other weapons that they finally brought in that should help but uh yeah i just i i think with peterson there chris thompson another full year away from that injury i think he'll be better and, and healthy and ready to go this year. And, you know, look, he, let's face it, he's a good back, uh, pass down back out of that backfield as well. And you're right. I, you know, they're going to have to give Peterson more than, you know, a generic four or five, seven touches a game. Otherwise, he's absolutely going to check out. And I think that's what we saw from him the year before that when he was only, you know, averaging 2.4 yards to carry uh, is that he just had checked out. They weren't giving him enough work. He didn't enjoy it. And he just wasn't playing. Last year he got to work and he played well. And you're right, it wasn't a week-to-week where he played well, but that was based on this offense, folks. <laughs> you got to base it on the offense that's around him. He can't do it all by himself. But, yeah, I, I, 
I find it amazing that nobody was really talking about the fact that he did put up a thousand yards behind that line with no other weapons on the field. And, you know, to me, that was just simply amazing. And everybody else says, oh, yeah, so what? It's a thousand yards. So what? You know what? It's not as easy as people seem to think it is. Yeah, and especially at his age and the offensive context surrounding him, but uh, he came through. We're seeing some reports here that Jalen Samuels has been a significant part of the offense so far during training camp. Now, keep in mind, they have been limiting the workload of James Conner. Samuels, obviously, we know what he can do in the passing game. Do you think there's enough value to take him? Uh, I, I did in some early drafts. I haven't been getting him lately. He's obviously been going... Uh, at a decent price, 110 is his ADP right now. Somehow going right ahead of Kareem Hunt. I don't know why people draft Kareem Hunt at 111. I mean, yeah, suspended yeah we for eight talked games. about this last yeah, time. Like, I agree. I just don't I get it. I don't get it don't at get all. It. I know we have 20 roster spots, and maybe you just tuck him there, but that's eight, eight games is a significant portion. Now, we could look back on this, and then come playoff time, he's a difference maker, but 111, uh, too high. But what about Samuels at 110? Are you interested? I am interested. Look, even though, you know, they like that one back system and they use it a ton, I think they find ways to get Samuel the ball. And, you know, they're going to move him around. They'll put him in the slot at times. Heck, they may even line him up as tight end at times, opposite Vance McDonald when they want to go 12 personnel. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can get him involved and they could still both put up. He's, you know, look, look, I expect Connor to be a top 12 running back if he can play 16 games. I think, you know, in that system, pretty much anybody can. Uh, well, maybe not me, but anybody can run, uh, could do that. But uh, I do think that Samuel has enough chops in the receiving game that he could absolutely play a part and in PPR leagues definitely generate a value of his own. Don't sleep on yourself, man. I think you can do it, too. <laughs> Well, I, I know one thing. They'd have to have a, a bunch of those guys hanging on to knock me down. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, right? Uh, you know, sticking with Pittsburgh, uh, I know we have talked a little bit about that wide receiver, too. Uh, I think you were on Dante Moncrief. Uh, do you still feel that way? Is he the guy to target? Because remember, they lost a lot of targets here. Antonio Brown is gone. So, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out if this Steelers offense passes at the rate that they did last year, which is probably going to be difficult. I mean, they were right among the leaders. I got to think that scales back a little bit, but there probably is going to be value here at one of the other wide receiver positions. You still feel Dante Moncrief is the pick over James Washington. Yeah, I do. Uh, And everything I've seen out of camp shows me to to think I'm on the right direction here. He's having a good camp. He's working hard. It seems like uh, Ben is already trusting him. And that's a big part of it. Look, James Washington, I think, will be a splash play guy. He'll make some big plays. He'll score some touchdowns. And, you know, if he does it in preseason, so much the better because it'll drive his price up, drive Dante's price even lower because there's a lot of people out there that seem to think Washington's going to take that job. I just don't see it. I don't think he's a consistent enough wide receiver at this point in his career that they would trust him in the number two. You, people say, oh, Moncrief never did it with luck, and he wasn't good in Jacksonville. Well, he didn't do it with luck. I get that. You know, it, it's one thing, you know, when you don't do it with a good quarterback. But when you don't do it with – when you do it with a good quarterback and it's still not getting done, then people talk. But that was early in his career. He was still learning. And then he went to Jacksonville, and with that mismatch of quarterbacks, didn't get it done. But he still had some big games. I just think he's the better 
well, more well-rounded wide receiver at this point in, the, in his career. Could it be only a one-year thing for Moncrief? Absolutely. Washington could move into that role going forward. We're just not sure. Heck, it could be Deontay Johnson, the rookie that they signed, could be that guy uh, going forward. So we, we're just not sure at this point. And to me, I'd rather take the chance on Dante. I just think he's a, a better wide receiver matched up against these guys right now. Yeah, and those two guys are going close. Uh, James Washington as the ADP higher at 99, and Dante Moncrief at 108. So uh, that's how the FFWC is treated. Yeah, I've been taking Moncrief first, too, if uh, I've had the opportunity. Uh, a player that I think is really going to rise, we haven't really seen it yet, but there's been so much positive news coming out on him, and that's Eagles rookie running back Miles Sanders. There's been a, a lot of... Uh, hype on him and saying that he's looked really good and come along real quickly. Now we know that there's a lot of battles in that backfield. Jordan Howard, they brought back Darren Sproles. Sanders ADP right now is very affordable at 89, but we did see a recent draft where he went 60. And Ooh, I think that's going to wow. continue. I, I think he's moving up, man. I think by the time we he get He is to, moving up. I, I totally agree with that. He's, he's, he's going to get to the fifth, sixth round and maybe possibly fourth if this hype continues. And I hope it does, because to me, at that point, he's not valued anymore. You're drafting him at his ceiling. No matter what happens, Jordan Howard is going to get a lot of the early down work. He's going to get most of the goal line work, in my opinion. I don't see that changing. He's good at that. He, that is his job. Miles Sanders is a good all-around back, but don't forget that Miles Sanders has had a problem with fumbling. And that'll get you in a coach's hot box faster than anything else. Putting that ball on the ground and losing it into the defense will get you sitting on that bench quicker than anything else, especially as a rookie. So that that's something he absolutely has to work on. And Peterson himself came out and said that the other day. You know, he looks good. He's out here running around. He's doing some very explosive plays. But at the same time, he has to worry about ball control. And when you got your coach, you know, on one hand saying, oh, he's doing a great job. But then right after that comes out and says, but he has to worry about ball control. That's not a great sign to me. And that's, you know, when you're looking at the news, that's why you can't take just half of it. You got to read the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that's what happens this time of year. We see one little headline and people react to it. You kind of have to read the whole story and understand the whole concept and statement that's being made because it happens all the time. We see the hype build, guys move up, and boy, do they flop. Who was the receiver from the Redskins? Was it two years ago? He went like in the third round, and he was terrible. Josh Dobson? No, well, him too, but he came over from the Browns. Why do I forget his name now? He had like one... He went to the Redskins, and he was going in round three. It was a complete bust. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank, too. Dude. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll figure it out during the break, man. Oh, my God. I can't, why can't I can't remember that? He played for the Browns. He had, like, one big year. Came to Redskins. Everyone's excited. It was a complete bust. Things like that happen. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz filling in today here for the whole show. If you missed any portion of the show, make sure you check it out on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search full-time fantasy, hit subscribe. You'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. You can find all my work fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONIS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Have my updated rankings and a ton of articles looking at a breakout receiver, some player debates looking at Stefan Diggs versus Julian Edelman, George Kittle versus Zach Ertz, undervalued quarterbacks to target late, undervalued running backs, undervalued receivers, tons of content there. Of course, on the clock series from Dr. Roto and fantasy football world championship targets from Sean Childs, as well as his in-depth team profiles. And you can find all of Taz's work at ffchamps.com. So, we have you covered. We want to make sure that you have a great fantasy football season and make the playoffs. We can never guarantee championships because anything could happen in the playoffs, but we want to make sure we get you there, and we'll be here throughout the whole season to help you out. Uh, but, Taz, I know you're a football guy. I just want to wrap it up here talking some baseball. I know you said you're a Mets fan. Uh, I don't know how much you watch, but, man, the Mets have been uh, the hottest team in baseball right now. They won again today 7-2. to two. They sweep the Marlins a four-game series. They are 19 and six since the All-Star break. They were once 11 games under 500. They are now three games above 500 and one game out of the wild card. They have sucked me back in. Yeah, they have a way of doing that. They'll get you in. You know, they put you off. They put you off. They're not winning. They're playing bad baseball. Everybody says, "Oh, same old Mets," and I'm done. And then all of a sudden they get hot, and it's like, "Oh, Mets, yeah, okay, now I got to watch them." And they get exciting for a little while, and then they just dump off again at the end of the season and really make you nuts. <laughs> Look, I really thought that it was going to be a ghost town at City Field for August and September. I mean, you know, everyone was talking about them trading away players at the trade deadline, and instead they acquired Marcus Stroman, a local kid who I covered in high school. He's from Long Island, and their pitching has been tremendous uh, since the All-Star break. So, uh, hey, at least I get some exciting baseball at least for a couple more weeks uh, as the schedule gets more difficult. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tougher to watch as we get further into August and we going crazy with everything getting ready for fantasy football season. Yeah, it's called multitasking. We have to get it done. But Taz, thanks as always for joining me. It was a fun show, and hopefully we'll get to do this again soon. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, sir. It was fun. All right, I'll be back Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.